Get your stats up and even know the truth hurts. Get your facts up. Yeah, we still playing hurt. Get your stats up. Bluff city, hoop city. Get your facts up. Huh? Keep it real with you, dog. No, no matter, matter what. what. Pre. Even if I'm injured, I'ma still lace them up. Pre. Sitting on the bench, it ain't no such thing as love. Pre. The playing hurt podcast, the only thing I trust. Pre. Cause it's only real when they do speak. Preach. Like Courtney Lee from three, it's good on release. Preach. It's grit and grind during playoff time. Preach. Playing hurt, hold it down for Memphis and Key. Preach. Get your stats up and even know the truth hurt. Get your facts up. Yeah, we still playing hurt. Get your stats up. The sports talk heavyweight. Let's start the show. Bring the bell. Welcome in, party people. I am CJ, and this is Playing Hurt Podcast. Joined alongside, as always, my main man, Drew. What's up, man? Not much, man. Still on my grind, you know, out there making that money. Doing my thing. <laughs> like always. <laughs> why you laugh? I say it every week. Every and It's funny every week. That's why I laugh. That's why I ask you. We are joined today by a very special guest, uh, blueworldorder.com. Tri-State Defender as well. Anthony Sane, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm glad to be here today. Spell Blue World or Order for the, the people out there, because it's not a regular blue. Right, it's B-L-U, the number three, worldorder.com. Trying not to get sued by Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and check that blog out. And it's, everything on the blog is Tigers, Titans, and, and Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Crazy how all those teams in the state all are blue. blue. Right. It's great. I love it. I love the name. I love the blog. I read it. Like Tuesdays is my day to read. I, I have a schedule when I read everything right. and listen to everybody's stuff. Um, and so Tuesdays I hop on there and read some stuff, and it's great. Also check you out in Tri-State Defender. Right. I'm I'm joined by two members of Tri-State Defender's uh, writing team, I guess. I, I mean, it's been a while since I've been on there, but I guess. I, I mean, every, still, I, I had three stories in Tri-State. Uh, every su- last every superhero group has that one superhero who just appears every now and then oh, yeah. and that's you right. i'm the every now and then guy yeah yeah i'm not a i'm not a everyday be? superhero no no what See, am i like aquaman yes you you oh. are the aquaman nobody wants to be aquaman justice league team nobody wants to be aquaman he can't do nothing but you can be thor then thor comes every i like wait thor. oh whoa i can't be thor time out okay whoa we're mixing universes here yeah and that is unacceptable <laughs> we don't do dc and marvel we don't mix those come why, on people. why do i have to be aquaman because you're every now and then, Drew. If you want to be somebody other than Aquaman, man, let me tell you what you do. You start writing more for Tri-State Defender, and we'll bump you up to Green Lantern. I like Green Lantern. Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> Glad you like it. At least you're on the team. Hey, well, that, that, on the team. That's so. going to be my next, uh, that's going to be my quote to live by for the rest until I get until I get Green Lantern. I'm going to wake up every day, look in the mirror, and be, say, don't be Aquaman. Don't be Aquaman. Okay. All right. Uh, we got a great show. For you guys lined up, Drew, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you, listening to you, follow you on Instagram, social media, and all that type of stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at dbarrett36, on Instagram at dbarrett1236. Also, you can listen to me every Tuesday and Thursday morning from 8.35 to 9 o'clock on WMR U92, The Jazz Lover, on the Sports Desk with Jacob Oloshin and JT Mullins for the greatest college perspective in sports. And also, if you're on campus or in the surrounding area, uh, be sure to pick up a Daily Hamsman every Wednesday. I'll have a story. 
great. You guys can follow me. I'm at Conradicalness on the Twitter and the Instagram. And we just shouted out. Does Blue World Order have their own Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, at Blue World Order. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. Anthony, where can they follow you at on social media, man? Uh, my personal Twitter is at Sane Asylum. That's S-A-I-N Asylum, like the crazy house. <laughs> that's my personal Twitter. Hit me up. Uh, that's funny to me because my granny used to always say we we're going to run her to the crazy house. Mm-hmm. That that was her phrase. Better sit down and stop. Going to run me to the crazy house. That was her thing, man. <laughs> well, you go run into my Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So great stuff has been going on in Memphis from a sports perspective for a while now. When we talk about the University of Memphis football team and the program and how they've been, you know, slowly but surely building to respectability. It's been years where Memphis has been bad, but now they, they've they surpassed respectability. It seems almost like all at once they've gone from really, really bad to to good, and that was on display uh, Thursday night against Cincinnati, and so we're going to talk some about where the program is right now and where it is headed, and let's hop into it. Anthony, you were at the game. Drew was at the game. I watched the game uh, on TV. I had some other things to take care of. But uh, what 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 did you take away from the game, Anthony? Um, the game was an awesome experience. Uh, as you see, we definitely you know we won the game, and you can see people, even national media members, are talking about the game. They're talking about Memphis. Um, they're definitely playing a fun style of offense. They're putting a lot of points on the board. I think they're averaging around is it close to fifty or is it over fifty points a game? Over Something fifty, like over fifty, and that's uh, unheard of for a University of Memphis team. Because even when we had D'Angelo, we weren't that high powered of an offensive team. We would have. You know, a couple games we might have 40 or 50, but they're, they're so exciting on offense. Um, Paxton Lynch is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and that, that happened almost overnight. Uh, there were a lot of jokes about him his freshman year. Uh, I believe Calkins wrote a story. Some, someone compared him to Tom Brady, and it was a big joke. I mean, he's, he's a legit NFL-level quarterback now, and he's uh, leading that team to a place where people probably wouldn't see the Tigers being, not even, you know, two or three years ago. We talked a little bit about Paxton Lynch on Cerrito Live. You guys, go check that podcast out. We are a Cerrito Live. We'll call ourselves a spinoff of Cerrito Live. I've already, we've already discussed this. I don't really like the term spinoff. Well, that's what we are. We we are the Frasier to Cerrito Live's <laughs> cheers. That is what we are, Drew. Embrace it. Accept it. I don't like Frasier we, either. But Fra- Frasier is a world-class television program. All the awards Frasier won. And the fact you don't that you like, like Frasier, it's like the whitest no, show stop. ever, and I don't like it. I don't like Frasier. I, I could have sworn you I said you like it. I understand that Frasier won a ton of awards. If we can win the awards Frasier won for podcasts, we'd be in business. Right? All right, I'll be Frasier. If we win the awards, I'll be Frasier. Well, you're not Frasier. Well, who am I? I'm Frasier. Why? Why? You're, why are you all? Why am I always just the guy that I'm just that guy? I'm just there, Drew, because you're, you're kind of that guy. <laughs> you can be Frazier, Drew. Fine, Drew is Frazier. No, I'm no, Frazier's brother. Cool, whatever. Fine. Uh, but no, seriously though, go back and listen to the Cerrito Live. We talked about uh, and hang up and listen. Paxton Lynch as a legitimate professional prospect, NFL draft first rounder. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the fact that he is right now, uh, he has the fourth highest QBR. In the nation, behind Skylar Howard of West Virginia, Chad Kelly Swag, and Cody Kessler of USC, you know, and he hasn't thrown an interception yet this right. this year. All those touchdown passes, all those yards, no interceptions so far. That just goes to show you how good he he is right now. Right. And it 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 almost you brought up the the situation with Jacob Camp. Well, not 
the situation with Jacob Karen. You brought up Calkins comparing him to Brady a while mm-hmm. back when he first got here, right. and how laughable it was. It's it's almost it's un. Thinkable that there was a quarterback controversy right. at one point in time. Everybody was saying, "Free the piano, man." Yeah, man. we wanted we wanted to see Karam instead of uh, Lynch, and that's crazy. Now, anybody who thinks that now, like, "Oh man, this guy, this guy's way better than Karam ever could have been." Yeah, yeah, and he needed that year of development. Now, mm-hmm. the Tigers, I stand by this statement: the Tigers would have won more games with Karam right. in, but from a developmental standpoint. Mm-hmm. Lynch needed that to grow and develop. Right. But and you're only talking about the difference between like maybe like winning two games and five games. Well, right. We still wouldn't about, have been yeah, in you're a ball. Talking about a ten, eleven game swing team like they are now. Yeah, yeah. no, you're you're 100 percent correct. And I will say that I was wrong on that one. I wanted the piano man to be right. freed. I wanted to see them win as many games as possible because I didn't know how good Paxton Lynch was. Right. Nobody knew. We didn't. And how many times do we do we see a kid come in? who some think is going to be good, and then he right. kind of busts and kind of flops exactly. out. And after the quarterback situation the Tigers had been faced with in years before Karam and Lynch got there, it was like, ah, don't don't keep opening that revolving door. Just get one and stick mm-hmm. with one. Right. But, yo, and that's why Justin Fuente is the coach that he is. The foresight and the thought to say, hey, we're going to develop this kid and make him into a a top college quarterback is something that I think that, most coaches wouldn't have done. Drew, what, what did you take away from the game? My takeaway from the game was it was very positive. You know, got got the win four and first time since nineteen sixty one. Uh, great experience as a fan. That I'm glad that you know, I would have loved to have been able to do the broadcast for WMR for that game. But I'm very glad I was there as a fan because it just meant more. I, I, I was able to enjoy it with the rest of the fans. I was able to be in that student section uh, and everything. But from the game itself. The, Offense, of course, was very electric. I never was too worried that we were going to lose that game. Even at points when we were down and it seemed like Cincinnati might have had our number, I always had that good faith that we were going to win. The one question I take, for, the one question I do have from the game and what a lot of people see from that game is about our secondary. And I, I don't blame the secondary. I think it's the defensive line and the linebackers not putting enough pressure. On the quarterback, we saw it uh, during the game against Bowling Green, Matt Johnson throwing for over 400 yards. We saw it uh, on Thursday with uh, who's who's the backup for Cincinnati? Ooh, more, more, more. We saw him uh, put up 557 yards on us. But the thing is, when he's got all day, you can't expect a cornerback or a safety to cover a guy for eight nine seconds. It's just impossible. There's not a single defensive back in the NFL that can do that. I guess we're going to go with a little bit of bright side, bad side on this podcast. Look, yeah. good news, bad news, and as always, we'll we'll start with the bad news. Uh, Anthony, you, you seem to be agreeing with everything Drew's saying. Is it, can the defensive woes be fixed simply by getting more pressure on the quarterback, do you think? Um, I agree that some of the issues are with the um, the defensive line and the linebackers, but um, bottom line, we're we're struggling big time mm-hmm. on on defense, and that's something that in our conference, not being you know, it's a it's a pretty good conference, but in the conference we're in, I think that our defensive woes are they're not as bad where we can't overcome them to win our conference, mm-hmm. but um, I, we'll still have a probably even better record than we had last year, but when you play teams like Ole Miss, those type of teams, it, we we you know we're gonna have some struggles against those type of teams. That's just what it is. Uh, eight currently, and we're doing this on the Saturday on College Football Saturday. So currently, Memphis has eight sacks, and that has them second most in the American. Right. Um. But like you guys are saying, they're not getting as much pressure. I I tend to while that is an issue getting pressure. I'm from the thought that 
Memphis just doesn't want to give up any big plays. Mm-hmm. And so you see in the secondary, you see players line up nine, ten yards away from a right. receiver mm-hmm. and backpedal five yards, and then the receiver just stop. And now that player is 15 yards away from the receiver, and so he mm-hmm. catches the ball and he's able to get nine, ten right. yards before he gets hit and gets at, mm-hmm. gets tackled or pushed out of bounds. And I, I think that goes back to Bowling Green because we gave up so many big big plays you know they had the drives that were maybe two three plays long they gave up so many big plays over over the top that they just wanted to contain and make mm-hmm. sure they everybody stayed in front of them and so far this season they're making so many big plays when they have to i mm-hmm. mean case in point the other night thursday night when piggies came in and got the big interception to close the game and against bowling green i can't remember the, the mallet play mm-hmm. yeah when mallet made the big play they're making the plays they need to win games and their offense is definitely good enough to to keep up with teams even though their defense is struggling right now. As far as we talk about Memphis making big plays, uh, seven plays of 40 yards or more this year so far. Mm-hmm. Seven of them. Right. That means they're, they're doing that nearly two times a game exactly. so far this year. And so when you have an offense like that, you can mask a lot of the issues you have defensively. Right. However, defensively, when you look at what Memphis is allowing – they are allowing seven plays of 40 or more yards defensively a game. Well, not a game, excuse me. They've allowed seven plays of 40 or more yards defensively right. so far in the year. And so that just shows pretty much that defensively Memphis, they're not going to be able to stop most teams. They're going to have to get out there and outscore them. And like you like you said, Anthony, when it's time to get a stop, they get a stop. And that's that is more important than – Anything is when it's time to make a play, you find a way to make the play. And, they, and that can't be measured. There's no stat for that. And they've been doing that this year. Um, another thing I'm a little concerned, probably more so than anyone, is our running game. Uh, we have a talented group of running backs this year, but they haven't had that breakout game yet. Like, uh, I believe the other night, I believe Paxton Lynch was the lead in rushing. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, Sam Crabb bounced back and had two touchdowns. He only had 51 yards in the game. But our, our running game is really struggling. And I'm wondering... Um, well, str- struggling from from what perspective? How so? Like as far as you're not seeing the hundred and hundred yard games, hundred fifty yard games. Yeah. And uh, I just wonder um, as the season goes on, will our passing game be able to hold up um, and continue to score the way they are? I completely agree with you. You know, going into the Cincinnati game, I thought this was going to be the week where our rushing mm-hmm. uh, game really expanded. But looking at the stats, uh, you know, Paxton he led the team with. 52 yards. Cooper had 49. Dorland Dorsey had only two carries for minus one yards. I mean, when you look at this list, you see... How many yards did they end with? Uh, 158 okay, as okay. a team. And that was basically just the 51 Sam Crafts had and 52 that Paxson had, basically. Um, but when you look at this rushing core, you see a lot of talent. You see a lot of great running backs mm-hmm. that just have not performed the way that we thought they were this year and the way that they did last year. And I disagree with everything both of you guys are saying, by the way. Because I think that it's and it's beautiful and it's masterful. Mm. Memphis doesn't need a hundred yard rusher. All they need is Dorseus to get his fifty and Kraft to get his fifty and Cooper to get his fifty. See, I'd be happy with that, but it's and not been working out that way. It hasn't? Yeah, it has. They they're averaging two hundred and twenty seven yards on the ground per game. And so I think that we're looking you guys are looking for one bell cow back and Memphis just isn't with the with the tempo that they play and the speed with which they get up and get to the ball, they just don't have that guy. 
to do that. You take a lot of hits as a back, and when you're playing faster than everybody else, mm. you, you need to get out and get the rest. So they have three quality running right. backs, and you just feed them the whole game, and you keep them all fresh. You keep them all fresh, especially when it come, we talk about <laughs> Memphis making big plays. You don't mm. want Sam Kraft to bust one for 45 yards and then have to get back up and get back in the huddle mm. or, or get lined up, not get in the huddle, because they're not huddling up after that. Get Get lined up and then try and do something productive you want get 45 yards get up get off the field cooper you bring your big power right. cooper looked like a man, man running that football yeah. i'm like good grief where right. where is he coming from and they got the henderson kid he's just, oh he's just sitting there just waiting <laughs> in the wings and he's the people saying he's better than all of them they'll say he, he's probably going to end up being better than everyone they have and he's just a freshman so yeah freshman lining up man and it it reminds me the the system fuente has in place right now it kind of reminds me, and it's, it's going to seem, seem odd that I'm saying this. Let me explain it before you get upset at me, people. It reminds me of what's, what Wisconsin does with their tailbacks, mm-hmm. how there is a big back, a medium back, and a small back. Right. And then throughout the course of their careers, the small back becomes the medium, the medium becomes the big, the right. big leaves. Right. And that's just, and a new small emerges. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Fuente has going right now with his rotation. Cooper is clearly the big back. Right. He's clearly the guy you want to run because he's going to run, try and run through people and fall forward. Sam Craft is fast. Mm-hmm. Cra- crafty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Crafty Sam Craft. I made it funny. Anyways, he's, he's shifty, he's explosive, and you want to give him the ball because you, you know he's going to break one. It's just a matter of time right. before he breaks one. And then Dorsey is old reliable. You know you can give him the ball, you can count on him to give you three, four yards a pop, and that is fine. And that is what Memphis has in place right now. And when you combine that with what Paxton Lynch is able to do through the air and those routes that the receivers are running, right. Sam Craft included in that right. bunch, like it's, it just leads to – a ridiculously potent offense. And as a defensive player, now I have to stop and think, wait, which back is this coming in? Right. I'm tired. I'm winded. I'm middle linebacker. That's what I played in high school. I'm a middle linebacker. I'm tired. I'm winded. I got to look over the line, and, and that's one more read I need to make. Right. Who's in the backfield? So I know what type of offense there is, offensive scheme they're going mm-hmm. to run. And that just adds to the difficulty. And that's why I, I like it. I like the fact that there's no bell count. I, I hope you guys agree now. I I, I I I get your point. I kind of agree, but I still would like to have yes. that one breakout game, you know, where we're just somebody's gonna running do it, off. I think it's I think it's probably gonna be Jarvis uh or not um yeah. Jarvis Cooper, I don't know why I paused there for a second. <laughs> I think I think it's gonna be him. He's had four out of between him and Dorsey, Dorsey he had more yards. Sam Kraft, I I still much rather have him be more of a wide receiver type of person. Um, but you you line him up at running back, he can get around the edge real quickly. He's great, but I still want that one game, you know. Yeah, because it looks sexy. It does. It looks. And even as a unit, I just want to see it just a huge like three hundred mm-hmm. yard game, you know, because they they had a big game against you know the game whatever the little team they played Missouri State or whatever <laughs> Missouri State right Institute they, Poly Institutional right. they had Technology a, they had a big game against them um, running but they haven't really had one against the quality opponents like uh, Bowling Green or Cincinnati so that's more my concern as a unit they haven't had that mm-hmm. huge game being as talented as they, as they are I, I'm just looking for that big breakout game as the unit uh, Jarvis Cooper before we get off of this Jarvis Cooper is averaging fifty five point seven five yards per carry uh, Jamarius Henderson averaging 50 yards per carry. Sam Craft is per averaging, game? 
uh, per game. Say, per carry is going off. That's your vest right there. And Sam Kraft is averaging 46.75 yards per game. Mm-hmm. These, these stats are coming to you courtesy of collegefootballstats.com. So you got three running backs averaging <laughs> 50 yards a game. That, that adds up to 150. Mm-hmm. And if you get 20 here from random play and 20 there from a random play and mm-hmm. Lynch goes for 15 or something like that, that's over 200 right, right. there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it is a clear committee. If there was a college football, mm-hmm. fantasy football league, you would never draft a quarter, uh, running back that was a Memphis Tiger right. because there is a committee. And so I like it, but I can understand where, where you want to see a mm-hmm. little bit of that nastiness up front. Is there, are there any, people are complaining before we get off of the bad. People are Memphis complaining. Fans love to complain about everything. Right. It has to be something to complain about. About the turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the turnout? I thought the turnout was great. I honestly was expecting more. I was expecting I was it to be 50,000. I mean, I, I heard you on the radio uh, talking about how the numbers, comparing the numbers to other programs in the country, and those things are good. But um, I, I think that those numbers are kind of deceiving because we're winning right now. You know what I mean? So right. I'm sure the people that make those decisions for the power conferences are like, okay, well, will will they still have those numbers? If the team isn't, you know, undefeated or having those ten win bowl winning seasons, you know, I'm sure those are one of the things they're looking at. I was expecting a, a much bigger turnout. It was uh, Thursday night ESPN, um, but then on the other, other hand, you look at it. Well, you go to a Grizzlies game, and we're one of the best teams in the NBA, and we didn't sell out every night. And that's like what eighteen thousand, mm-hmm. right? So to get that to get that forty five thousand, that's twice as much as you'd have uh, at a Grizzlies game. So. Um, but I, I was impressed by it. I was impressed uh, more so by the energy than anything. Um, in the media booth, you really can't get a clear gauge of, of, of what the fans are doing. But towards the last minutes of the game, I actually walked down to the field near the uh, Cincinnati end zone, and it was crazy. It was a uh, packed crowd full of energy down there. So I was excited about that. Probably the loudest I've heard the stadium in right. a long time. And the attendance, forty-five, a little over 45,000. I mean, that's the ninth largest attended game in the Liberty Bowl that it wasn't against an SEC opponent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like we were scraping the barrel or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like you. I was expecting closer to 50. I wanted closer to 50. But an energetic, as energetic as it was, mm-hmm. 45,000, I would take that over 55 and less energy. I'd right. much rather have all that energy and passion in the stadium. I, I was just a little concerned because I remember the, the Missouri State game, which is – you know, totally different opponent. The first game of the season, it was like forty something thousand for that one. So I was expecting, well, we got forty for that team. Surely for Cincinnati, you know, three and zero, possibly eleven straight games. I think it's going to be at least fifty thousand. But I wasn't disappointed by the energy at all because it was, of course, it was all blue. No Cincinnati fans or right. whatever, but it was just a great. The the, uh, the atmosphere was perfect. Memphis just got relevant. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the University of Memphis football program just got relevant. All you have to do is go back to 2012. That's three short years ago. Uh, John Branson of the Memphis Flyer had actual had an article up about the actual attendance. Mm-hmm. That year, you want to guess how many it was? I'd say less than 20,000. For the 2012. Whole for the whole year. Oh, like, 2012. Oh, entire year. Less than 100. What is it, five home games? Six. I'd still say no more than 110,000. Drew total attendance total total he had actual attendance total, All right, well, actual attendance. for the first game in 2012 I know it's 39,076 cuz I'm I'm looking at it right um that was a game that, that was, was a thunderstorm game, game. yes mm-hmm. the, the took game. like 6 hours yeah. okay um 
I also remember the end of that season, the last game. I was thinking yeah. it was on ESPN, and you could watching it when they panned the crowd. You could literally count them. So um, I'm going to say total attendance about ninety thousand. Sixty-seven, wow. one eighty-one. Wow, Actual attendance is what uh, John Branson of the Memphis wow. Flyer had. A reported attendance was reported at one forty-six thousand two hundred twenty-seven, mm-hmm. um, and they only had three games that year, three home games that had over ten thousand fans there. Wow! And so that the growth has been exponential mm-hmm. in fan interest and fan involvement in the Tiger program. And that was Fuente's first year, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was Fuente's first year. And it was sullied by that loss, and so everybody was down right. on the target. Like we're not going to that. Uh, but Memphis is good, and when they're when they're even okay, people come out. Right, people do. And for those who didn't listen to the program uh, today, go check the Cerrito Live podcast out. Where I tell you, and I'm gonna tell you now, the the what what was it? Forty five thousand one seventy two mm-hmm. was more than fifty nine team. That would have been a sellout in fifty nine college football stadiums. Including, but not limiting to Boston College, TCU, Wake Forest, Washington State, Baylor, Utah, Vanderbilt, and Duke. What do those teams have in common? They're all in a Power Five conference. Mm-hmm. More importantly, that means that it was more than about 51 uh, teams in the group of six. And so only nine teams could, that, that wouldn't be a sellout. And that would be Central Florida, Texas, San Antonio, Hawaii, East Carolina, Air Force, UMass, Temple, San Diego State. South Florida, Rice, and UTEP. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of the ones that, for whatever reason, play in the NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. So buy San Antonio, buy UMass. Then if we get rid of the ones in Texas, California, and Florida, that just leaves East Carolina, mm-hmm. honestly. And when you look at it, you you're that's who you're competing with. Right. You're competing with that those teams in the group of six for that last Power 5 spot. And if you can say, yo, this is what we – we're able to do with Cincinnati. We hadn't been good for long first. And this is what we were able to do with Cincinnati coming into town. Imagine what we could do with Texas, like Drew said on the radio, mm-hmm. or or Oklahoma. Right. How many will fill when they come through? Hell, we'll have to take the tarp up off of some of those seats, man, to fill right. it up. We'll we'll get fifty thousand on the regular easy right. when we move up. And so they got to keep winning, they got to keep growing. I was very pleased. I was very impressed. I thought no way they'd get 45000 Everything you were saying, it was a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. It was Cincinnati coming to town. It was ESPN. I was thinking, oh, it's a Thursday night game. Nobody, Everybody's got to go to work in the morning. It's on ESPN. So people are like, well, I'll just go to a bar and watch it or go stay at home and watch it. You know, Cincinnati, not really a premier program. Not I mean, really but a it's program. a huge rivalry. I mean, one of our longest rivalries. I mean, yeah. we've been playing them since way back in the Metro Conference. Right, right. but that that's... It, it goes back there, but it's not Ole Miss or Mississippi State or some of these SEC yeah. schools I mean, coming through here. And so that 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 was my thinking. I was thinking, Cincinnati, 39 to 40 would be be fine. Mm-hmm. And for them to get 45,000, I was, I was real impressed. I really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some of the good. We talked about Paxton Lynch who is good, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Any chance you think he goes pro after this year? That's funny you said that because I was um, having a couple of discussions with a few people. I was like, you know, we talk about Fuente. Like, how long can we keep Fuente? The thing is, man, like, you know, I hope we're not sleeping on the fact that we may have a generational quarterback on our team right now. He's yeah. he's probably going to go down as the best Tiger quarterback of all time. And I just hope people are 
number one, enjoying the, enjoying the time that he's here and then realizing how good he is as a quarterback. Hope hope that we're not uh, taking that for granted. But, uh, like, um, I think that he's definitely an NFL-level quarterback. He's 6'7", and just from looking at him, gauging him in the locker room, he's gotten bigger since last year. So he's he's got the height and he's getting the size to be he, – he could be a dangerous quarterback. Yeah. And uh, he's a he's a large part of the reason why they average seven plus yards per mm-hmm. play so far on the year. One of eighteen teams in the nation to do it, mm-hmm. and it's one hundred and twenty eight college football teams now. Right. And so to be in that type of company is great. Fourth highest QBR. I said that before in the show, and we talked on the radio about DraftScout.com, NFLDraftScout.com has Paxton Lynch sixth out of one hundred and seventy eight. Yeah, but I still don't think in his I don't class. Like the list, though. Well, okay, we're going to solve this right now. Jared Goff of Cal, mm-hmm. Cardell Jones, Ohio State, Christian Hackenberg, Penn State, Gunner Kill, Cincinnati, Josh Dobbs, Tennessee. They currently sit in front of Paxton Lynch. Do you like that list, Anthony? Yeah, it's a nice list. Do you, but would you but put do, do Gunner Kill and Josh behind? Dobbs before Paxton? Uh, well, we didn't see much of Gunner Kill the other night. <laughs> I, mean, to, I don't think Gunner Kill light. remembers right. the other night. I don't want to make light of a kid getting hurt. But, um,. I think Paxton. I think Paxton's up there. You know, he's probably one of the top ten quarterbacks in the country, which is crazy because we're talking about a University of Memphis quarterback being one of the top ten in the country. But I think that's about fair. What they have, uh, what they have, like six, six. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd put him. I'd put him about four. I'd put him above Gunnar Kill and Josh Dobbs. I put him that's third. Fair. I don't. I don't like Christian Hackenberg at all. I don't either. I don't understand people. I I trust people. People tell me he's good, mm-hmm. and they get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play a lot. I don't. I don't see it. So I have Paxton Lynch third best in the junior class. Well, judging by the other night, the more kid might need to be. <laughs> he threw for like six hundred. He's, he's a freshman, man. Yeah, he threw for like five fifty. Good yeah. gracious, good grief! All right, uh, running low on time before we go. Memphis, right now, as of today, we're doing the podcast. Memphis currently sits as the fifth best team in the group of six in the AP poll, behind Toledo, who comes in at thirtieth. Houston is thirty first. Temple is thirty third. Boise State is thirty six. And Memphis is down there. When was when was the last time this thing was updated though? Before this this doesn't include this week's game. Okay. This doesn't include the Cincinnati game. Because you know AP only comes out once a week yeah. on Sunday. So who is the best team in the group of six? Honestly, I think it's between us and Boise State. You saw I mean Boise State's been playing very good competition. They've um Whooped up. On, I know it's Virginia, but it's still a Power Five team. They whooped up on Virginia last night. Um, but I definitely put us up there. I definitely think we're one or two of the best of non-Power Five teams. I think it's between us and Boise State. I agree. Probably. No love for the for Toledo. No. Knocking off bit bad Arkansas. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've already I've already admitted my bad for picking Arkansas. I didn't pick oh, them yeah. to win the West, but they were my second-round draft them. pick. Go back and listen to our SEC draft people. Drew picked drafted Arkansas, Arkansas. and who else? Because your picks are all messed up. I picked Auburn in the first round. <laughs> first pick first overall. First pick overall. Auburn. Oh, well, that was man. before the season started, all right? Oh, man. Drew, Drew, who oh, did you pick? Real quick. Do you remember Auburn, Arkansas? Uh, A&M. Oh, no, no I didn't, didn't take I took I took Auburn, Arkansas, uh. And took Mississippi State, and I can't remember my last pick. What it was a team? Was it, it was Tennessee, a, Florida? No, I did. I think I took Florida. Okay, 
Well, I know I took LSU. Took Vanderbilt. I took LSU. You dang right. I took the Commodores. Go Doors, baby. All the way Anchor to the championship. Anchor down, VU. Mm-hmm. Uh, took Vanderbilt. Took LSU. Uh, Texas A&M. And somebody else. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but go back and listen to it. Figure out who we took. Uh, I'm going to Realize how it. wrong I am. Realize how wrong. And you drafted analytically. I just drafted teams I wanted to cheer for and all my teams are doing fine yeah <laughs> I love it I love it uh so Memphis can Memphis run the table uh no I think Ole Miss is gonna kill us actually but oh. but, <laughs> but uh they'll be what 11 and 1 is that right yeah. yeah yeah I think I think we probably can win every other game but that Cincinnati rematch if we if we get them in the conference championship game that's gonna be a big one where Counting Cincinnati, is it going to be a rematch? I, I don't think so. Cincinnati right now is sitting uh, third in the mm-hmm. East. Temp- Temple's that's uh, the rematch right one. there. I think right. Temple is the is the rematch to see what happens in that game. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's who's second right now? And the, the East, East, yes, uh, Connecticut. <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's between Temple and Cincinnati mm-hmm. or East Carolina. Where's East Carolina? Uh, they're one and two right now, and zero and one in conference. Okay. They are fifth. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see that championship game. But the beautiful thing about the teams that Memphis is behind, as far as the group of six goes, they play Houston and Temple. So that'll get settled on the field. Right. And if if Memphis somehow goes 3-1 and one as far as Navy, Houston, Temple, Ole Miss, I think that they deserve to be in a New Year's Six right. game mm-hmm. just by what they've done. Uh, undefeated, Drew. If they go undefeated, do they get into the playoffs? Playoffs? I'd, lo- I'd love to say yes. And well, I mean, then say if, yes, then. if you beat Ole Miss, you go undefeated. You beat the number three, possibly the number one team in the right. nation at that time. You beat them, and you continue to run the table. I would be. I would actually be upset if they left us out. Now we're eleven and one, New Year's six. But if we're undefeated and we knocked off one of the best teams in the country, they have to put us in. So you, what you're telling me is. And I think we're going to beat Ole Miss. What, so what you're telling me is I'm going to get to go to the Bahamas for the Bahama Beach Bowl and eat some Popeyes. For no, we're not, Popeyes, go, we're not Bahama going Bahama to the Bowl. We're not going to. I'm not going to get free Popeyes. No. But we could go. Where? Where is the uh, playing games this year? There's always the same spot. Is what, that what the championship is? is, it, is what is it? The Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl this year, I think, are the two? I'm sure. No, I'm not sure at all. Uh, the way it goes, they're not sponsored by Popeyes. Yeah. So do you want us to go yes. six and six go, to go where you can go to the Bahamas and get free Popeyes? Send me Popeyes? to Popeyes. I mean, send me to the Bahamas so I can get Popeyes and chill on the beach. How about we do that in about, I don't know, ten years when the team's down? Why would the team be down in ten years? Fuente's going to be here forever, baby. I hope so. He is. He is. Why, why don't we just get a New Year's Bowl and go to American Way and Perkins and get some Popeyes on me? Yeah. On you? Yeah. <laughs> so we're putting this on the record. So New Year's Six Bowl. We're going to Popeyes. You and I, we're going. Right. This group right here is going to I get, I'm not getting free Popeyes? We'll split an eight-piece box. All right. That what is what, what I'm what talking about. What kind of size do you like, though, man? You look Red like beans a, and rice. There you go, man. My, my guy. There you go. I love it right there, man. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Real quick, shout out your Twitter and everywhere people can find you. Again, that's uh, at Sane Asylum, S-A-I-N, Asylum, and at Blue World Order on Twitter. Drew. You can follow me on Twitter at dbarrett36, on Instagram, dbarrett1236. Uh, don't forget to listen to me every Tuesday and Thursday morning for 8.35 to 9 o'clock on WMRU 92, the jazz lover for 
with JT Mullen and Jacob Olosha for the greatest college perspective in sports. And every Wednesday, be sure to pick up a Helmsman. I'll have a nice little article in there. You guys can check me out. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ConRadicalness. Get in touch with the show via email, playinghurtpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Snapchat, just playing hurt on there. And check me out. I'll be at Trivia September 30th, uh, current events trivia, Tampa Tap. What kind of current events is like? New stuff, like I mean, like yeah. are we talking like pop culture <laughs> events or like I mean, like I would do it. Are you doing politics? That's what I want to know. What type of current events? Anything that is an event that is going on currently. <gasps> I didn't think I needed to explain. That. Well, I mean, it's, there's Good different categories. There's different categories. Well, man. we'll have different categories. All right, at the that's what event. I was asking. All current events, Drew. All of them. Well, you know, I'm gonna come just just so I can win now. Go on ahead and come, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. Heard of Holics for Drew and Anthony. I'm CJ. We'll check you next time. Have a wonderful and blessed day. 